Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you joining us for the midday 12 to 3 as always. And we want to hear from you. 704-570-9610. That's the text line. Hit us with your thoughts and your comments. I'll say the number again. 704-570-9610. Wes, we got a treat for the people today. What do we have? We don't have a trick for you. Halloween is over, but we're still handing out treats. Is all the fudge gone? The fudge is gone, by the way. Y'all killed it yesterday. Hey, Fiddy told me, he was like, oh, God. You know, he does the sagebrush. Oh, God. He walks over to the container. There's only two Yes, Walker. There was only, Fiddy is on the sound today. That's what he's got down. He was walking over and he said, look, I'm going to eat one more piece of fudge. And then there was only like one or two pieces left. And then I took the container home just to have it. And then, you know, so I got got me another piece, despite me probably not deserving it. I got one piece of fudge yesterday. What's up, man? That was some great fudge. Yeah. Once again, we will lead off the show a second day in a row, shouting out Ms. Julie and shouting out both of the Concepciones for handing us some fudge yesterday, giving us and and, and shout out to Papa Concepcion for actually giving me a uh, a cigar as well. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome stuff. Really appreciate all the love. Is it too early to put in our Christmas order of fudge or even Thanksgiving order of fudge cuz I want both? I would feel uncomfortable asking that, but I'm I'm sure that that could be I I feel weird asking for it. I'm not going to pay. I'm <laughs> okay. This could be we're starting businesses here. <laughs> I like it. We're absolutely starting some businesses here on Wes and Walker. Um, so the the treat is is not the fudge though. Like I got sidetracked. It's it's not that. It's the fact that we're going to give you fire or fizzle within the hour. Have fire twelve forty five new time for today. We'll go back to one forty fives. I think if we don't have Kevin Todd doing us at one forty five as he is doing today. But 1245 will be fire or fizzle. I know people want to hear that. That is the staple of Wes and Walker. And so I wanted to inform people that it's not at 145. Don't go away from the radio station. Stay here. The next few segments, actually the next six hours, if you will. But just make sure you catch fire or fizzle at 1245. Are you excited about this one? No doubt about it. Always excited to bring the people the fire and the fizzle. All right. Well, we got some fizzle last night from the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, we did. Right off the bat. Defense, I heard Steve Clifford. Valley Sports. Yeah. Oh, that is the most fizzle viewing experience that has ever existed. It reminds me of, do you know the meme back and forth of Anakin Skywalker talking to uh, 
Uh, goodness gracious. What is the queen's name? I'm such a bad Star Wars fan. Oh, I'm Queen Amidala. Yeah. Queen Amidala. Thank you. So Anakin Skywalker talking to Queen Amidala and it's like the, oh, wait, are you sure? Are you sure meme? And it's Anakin saying, hey, at least she said isn't going to be the worst viewing experience of a Charlotte professional basketball team. And then Queen Amidala says, huh, that's a good one. That's a joke, right? And then all Anakin Skywalker does is stare at her. Wait, you're joking, right? <laughs> Valley Sports is the absolute worst. We will inform you on what happened right now. Pulling up to the scene. Open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! After a strong debut, we were all coming in off of a high that the Hornets beat the Hawks 116 to 110. West, they dropped three straight. Yeah. And as we mentioned on the Lockdown Hornets podcast earlier today, they lost to three straight teams that had not recorded a win yet. We have given three teams now here in Charlotte their first win of the season. Now, at the beginning of the season, it's okay because you're only playing two games. Then you're only playing three. Well, now we're getting into the embarrassing territory. Yeah, thick of thing. <laughs> when, when you give Houston their first victory of the season, now it's starting to get a little dicey. They lose 128 to 119. Kudos, I guess, for the Hornets to get back in it, cut it to five in the fourth quarter when they were down a decent amount of points. But defensively, it was another bad performance. Steve Clifford had no problem calling their performance out yesterday, saying that the defense was awful. Here is the head coach with that comment. We just shot 50 from the field and 41 from three on the road and lost. I mean, that's crazy. So, I mean, our defense was awful. Um, from our pick and roll coverages to just mistakes, uh, stuff we worked on for two days. Um, and uh, they made us pay. They got wide open shots. They did a good job, but uh, that stuff you got to be you're ready to do stuff that mm. we've done two of the four games. Initially, um, you can't pick and choose when you're going to do coverages, not do coverages, do your job, not do your job. It's been rough here, Wes. I ask you, how bad is it that this was the portion of the season, despite even not having Miles Bridges for the initial 10-game suspension, the schedule rolled out, and for the first time in a while, it looked advantageous to the Hornets. Usually, it's tough sledding at first, but this was the time for you to capitalize, and Wes, they're doing anything but. I mean, poor guy, man. You go over stuff for two days. Anybody that's ever coached at any level, it doesn't matter what level it is, you gain a great respect for coaches when you do it. Because you go over stuff with people, even just having kids. This is kind of akin to the same thing. You tell them stuff over and over, they go out and just do stuff. It's like you never spoke to them once in your life. The Hornets in the second half gave up 81% from three. 13 of 16. It isn't like Houston just shot five, not six threes, a small number. 16 threes Houston took and connected on 81% of those. This is one of the worst teams in the NBA when you talk about Houston, just the youth movement that they have. I know they have Fred Van Fleet. But these are games, if you're a team worth the assault, that you have to go and get. And it's just not happening right now for this team. And it's been the same issues, no matter who the head coach is, no matter who's in charge, whatever the case may be, this is a team that just refuses to play defense except when they feel like it. This is a team that doesn't play with the sense of urgency that they need to on a regular basis. 
And now that they're back whole again, and, and I know Miles, we'll see if he joins in, but this is just a team that you just don't feel the urgency to win from them on a nightly basis. And this is a team, if you want to come up, if you want to get back to where you were a couple of years ago when you had your full allotment of players, and if you want to advance this franchise and get back to the playing game and beyond, you can't go to Houston and lose to a team that's 0-3, knowing that you badly need a win just as much as they do. I just don't like it, man, and, and it's just not looking good so far. Yeah, I think a couple of things have happened. One, LaMelo Ball is playing real poorly to start the season. And Steve Clifford continues to tell you that it's a rhythm thing after only being cleared a week or two before training camp and preseason and the regular season that they're he and actually Mark Williams, that both of those players are a couple of weeks behind. Here's Steve Clifford joining the Kyle Bailey show yesterday and talking about just that with their star player. Listen, he's frustrated. Um, it's three games. Is he? He, he will get to his efficiency level that he always has. Um, he's a talented player. It's just hard. As you know, Kyle, we have two guys out there right now that literally, you know, they're probably, I don't, you know, I don't know how you gauge, but they're two, three, four weeks behind everybody else, not through a lack of work or a plan or anything. They just weren't cleared, you know, because of their injuries in that team and Mark. And the only way to get, you know, a conditioning level that you can play well every night and an offensive rhythm is to play. So um, we're being a little bit careful with him uh, because, you know, we don't want him obviously to do too much. But, uh, uh, you know, listen, he's so talented and he's working so hard. He could break out of it tonight, but it's just a matter of time. Steve Clifford and LaMelo Ball have a very good relationship. That's what you hear behind the scenes. That's what has been reported. That's what you hear when Steve Clifford talks about his star player. I think LaMelo respects the hell out of his head coach. And so Steve Clifford is going to go to bat for LaMelo. I like that. I like Steve Clifford giving you reasons as to why the efficiency might not be there. I don't need him to tell the public that something has to change with LaMelo this soon after an injury. But what happens is when you compare his film right now to what it was during an injury-ridden season last year, Wes, he looks different. You can tell with the eye test. He looks like a different basketball player. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hoping is, is that it's really a rhythm issue and that he's not still like 85%, 90% pure speculation. It's not even speculating. I just hope that that's not the case. I'm not saying it is or not. I just hope that's not the case. I really do hope that Steve Clifford is right, that it's going to take a while for him to get his conditioning. We see players quite a bit play themselves into conditioning during the NBA regular season. LaMelo is someone that could be doing that because of the injury. So do we get to 10 games in before we really start to see him hitting shots, playing with that magic, playing with that high intensity where he's able to do the fireball pass from the baseline when he's able to throw the full court pass on a dime? It doesn't matter if it was Terry Rozier or seven feet Mark Williams, but we're not seeing that right now. The two threes that we saw him hit were back-to-back, set shots, open, top of the key, crunch time, big shots, but it's not like you can see him create a ton of separation to use a Panthers wide receiver term that we've used so often this year. 
It just seems like he's laboring. His feet are in quicksand anytime he gets to the basket. There are people there, and then he shoots from the hip because everybody beats him to the spot. He just doesn't look like the same player right now. Yeah, he does not. And so the thing is, is that, you know, as Coach said, it's going to take him some time to get back into shape, back into rhythm. And, you know, now it's going to be an uphill climb with that because you're playing games. And, you know, these teams don't practice a lot. They don't condition a ton during the season. So... That's one of the major storylines right now is when will the LaMelo ball return that we know and love. And so, and then once he does return, we want to see him take that next step because that's what this team is going to need right now. Uh, We're starting to get the crux of what this team is going to bring to the table. But LaMelo is going to have to be the catalyst for change. And he's going to have to be the guy that's the first one to say enough is enough and step up and and lead this basketball team because a one and three start is not ideal. And so it's like, how much confidence can you have at this team, in this team at this point with the teams they lost to? They lost to a winless Brooklyn Nets team, and now they've lost to a winless Houston Rockets team. And we know these guys are NBA players. They get paid to play, and we know that they're going to come out and play with some type of desperation after ever so many games. Did They need a win like Houston did. But I felt like this Hornets team, I've, I expected more out of them. And I thought last night, I didn't think it was a sure thing. But I was like, you know, this is a game they should go down and be able to get. They were two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I was like, they should go down and be able to get this game. And and these are the games, like I said, if you want to have the type of season you want to have, you got to get them. You can't afford this. Hey, Fiddy, can I I still take that out that you gave me at the beginning of the season? Fiddy's over there. I think he might not be paying attention because he might be looking at the restaurant menus, lining up his order for the week that you're going to have to buy him lunch. Just just take it easy on me, big fella, if you don't let me out of this. (laughs) Here's the thing. Because I'm a nice guy, I'm a good Samaritan, if you will. I'm willing to let you out. Hell no. No, you can play that sounder. No, I'm here for this. This is happening. No, I ain't, no, let, this no. Is I ain't letting neither one of y'all out of this. No, no, because I want to see Fitty's lunch every day for a week. <laughs> nah, but it, it's so, I, it, so much for being dogs, right? <laughs> you still my dog, but you y'all both my dogs. My y'all both my dogs, but I like to see my dogs suffer a little bit sometimes yes, when do. it comes to each other. Mm. Yes, you do. <laughs> you see, but see, I, I'm, I'm willing to let you get an out as long as you're willing to, to probably spend at least 30 bucks on one meal. You give me a third. <laughs> He Ooh. wants to go to Red Lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you give me a third of the original bet, because that's because I I don't I don't want to take a hundred bucks from you. I'm not that type of guy. I'm on here negotiating. Oh, we I think we sent seventy five last time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this man is on here negotiating. Fitty, you don't have to be that type of guy. I mean, it wasn't planned on you being that type of guy well, at the beginning of this. Well, bet. Beulah's is about thirty dollars a that's meal, true. so yeah, if you, you take just, them there, you'll probably spend that. You know, you make Bossy Beulah show up today during the show. Plain butte with a side with with a side of fries and a coke. That's off. No, so because uh, I'm that type of guy. I no, and I look. I appreciate it. Wes is right though. I can't. God damn it. I, I can't. want bossies. I can't. <laughs> Just <laughs> my man wants a media gratification. He can't wait 82 games. It's a long he, season, He man. wants Bossy Beulahs in an hour, and he wants it now that he's willing to get rid of $75 just so he can have Bossy Beulahs. We, we could do something fun for the show, but Wes, as much as I accuse you of not being my dog in this scenario, uh-huh. you're right. I can't get out of this now. I, I would feel too bad. I'm not that type of guy. I got to stick with this bet that I made at the beginning of the season. This was the time for the Hornets to provide me some cushion. Yeah. Why don't you love me? <laughs> and I got to say, too, I got I to give 
Fiddy a little credit too for even entertaining letting you out after he had to drink that milkshake. What I like, yeah, that's true. That's so true. Don't bring that up. Yeah, you're you're really hurt me. Wes is hurt me. I don't know why, but you are. Uh, I like Jack's idea though, and I kind of want to make it a social media event. Jack writes in on the text line, make him take you to cheese fact cheesecake factory. I like that with the whole date thing. The girl that sat in the car because she was too good for Cheesecake Factory. Mm. So, if I take Fiddy on a date and we go to the Cheesecake Factory, I know he's not going to be too good for the Cheesecake Factory. You might claim to be too good for CC's. I know you're not too good for the Cheesecake Factory. So, maybe we film that. Wes comes along. And then uh, we just make a show date out of it. Yep. I'm with it. Let's do it. All right. I like Jack's idea. Thank you very much for providing us some content. <laughs> Let's move on. That was the Charlotte Hornets' despair. We're not moving on to Panthers' despair. We're 1-0. If they're going to tell me that it's a 1-0 situation each week, you're looking to go 1-0 each week. Well, the Panthers are 1-0 as far as I'm concerned. 704 980 Let's go. Thank you, Matt Rule. That's the second most motivational thing that I've heard from Matt Rule today. That speech that he gave to Nebraska again. He's delivering the locker room speeches for sure. Speaking of locker room, how much does it matter that Frank Reich seems to have the big-time support of his locker room going into this game against the Colts? We'll get to that in just a moment. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. yelled at by Wes Bryant because we're not making money off of some of our personal interests in life. Video games, social media, and Wes is trying to put us on the game. Yeah, man. I'm sitting there like Trapper. You love to play video games all day. you on the radio now. Like, you're getting a little bit of a of a crowd. Get a Twitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you could, he could get us following up big with that, man. People getting Skrilla off of Twitch. Like, it's so much stuff out there, man. Hell, I'm going to get a Twitch. Wait till NCAA comes back. I'm going to get a Twitch. Uh, well, no, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Girl, wait, watch. When NCAA comes back, I'm going to get a Twitch. Fitty. I like Fitty using your voice. <laughs> To clown you, almost not clown you, but tell you that he disagrees with you with your own voice. And and you're not wrong, though. I mean, this report from Joe Bruno that came in yesterday is highlighting that very thing you're talking about. How about Charlotte? The state budget is giving UNC Charlotte one and a half million dollars for a new esports facility. Come on, man. And a, Come qu- on. And a quarter million dollars for programming. 
Chancellor Sharon Gaber said this is so much more than just playing video games, and this is what Wes is trying to preach to you right now. Yes, that's yeah, what I'm can. saying. I get so jealous of these kids, the stuff that we used to do on parents to be like, you're never going to get anywhere doing that. This and the third kids I'm making. Make. I told you all the time when I watch the Madden tournaments, and I see these kids 24, 25, have already earned three, four $400,000 playing Madden. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, it's... You can be a pro literally at anything in life in 2023. Anything. If, if you could go pro playing any video game, what would it be? College football. Yeah. In fact, that's hilarious. I I asked that in anticipation <laughs> of that answer because 925 wrote in, Wes is probably good at NCAA. Though. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I, good AF is what he I said. I took major pride in NCAA. See, when I played people... You would beat me the first game because I was kind of like scouting. I wouldn't know what you like to do. I'm only going to play you once then. (laughs) But once I figure (laughs) out what you like to do, yeah, once I figure out what you like to do, I'm going to put the clamps on you. This is a a non-conference. And I said might lose. Oh, I'm just, well, look, okay, but if you do, then we're going to chalk that up to a non-conference game. We don't ever meet again because we're in, we're at, well, I would say we're at completely opposite ends of the country. But that doesn't matter anymore because you're probably in the same conference if you're at opposite ends of the country. I had a friend one time. It was so annoying. If he found a play that worked, he would do it over and over and over again. And we would almost come to blows like legit. It would go from fun, like let's have a good time, to us cursing each other, insults and things like that. But after a while, I figured out the play, picked him off a couple times, done. Mine was NFL Blitz, Run Hail Mary, but run with the quarterback on the right side. Yeah. That's what I did as a kid. Little dual threat, little mm-hmm. R- little, little RPO basically. Now, my competition was other 8-year-olds, so it's not like they could, you know, hop on it, but as an 8-year-old, I was a blitz genius by just running the same play over. I'm going to destroy Look you. Look at 704 number. He says Shroppy is a great Twitch name. He's already so got good. he's got tons of nicknames. Come on, man. Get with it. You don't like Shroppy as a Twitch name, Fiddy? Why are you hating him? Nah, Fiddy hate. It, it's got to be something different because like his nickname in theory pretty basic we just chopped off the end of his name and put a p and a y instead of shropshire we made it shroppy like get <laughs> thank something. you for yeah, but it's us. got it's got <laughs> you know, swag get something original like you know i'm fitty we've got flounder smoke is smoke you're tall lanky ass big bird uh <laughs> <laughs> come up with a abbreviation for all of that i would love to and you know another two uh the wrestling games 2k i would i would like to learn those and i think i would get pretty good at 2k the the oh just You've never you've wrestling played. has two K. Oh, okay. WWE has two K gotcha. too. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. What the Twitch name? Fitty's a good Twitch name. Yeah. I think Fitty and Shroppy. That's what I'm saying. They both have great names. Uh huh. I, I totally agree with that. NASCAR Brad loved this text. Of course, <laughs> I'd love to make some money playing NASCAR Heat. LOL. He could. I don't even know what NASCAR Heat is. I think it was. It's it's just. It's just the most modern NASCAR game. Like you know, you hear like NASCAR like oh six oh five you know seven. When it came back, it was just NASCAR heat. I would bet you if he looked it up, they they probably have a league somewhere that has cash prizes or you can win money doing it. The NASCAR video games I remember are Dirt to Daytona, which I remember. I think it was, was it was it Daytona or the uh, Talladega you're talking about the OEA sports title? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I remember that. Uh, I also, and then iRacing, which everybody loves. Yeah. I mean, people actually thing. became real race car drivers. Yes. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy? Wouldn't you love to get into NBA coaching by just having won a couple of 2K right. leagues in a row? <laughs> the Hornets could use it. They probably could. I mean, look, Steve Clifford, if he, if Steve Clifford can't save me from a Cheesecake Factory date, then I think he needs to go. You yelling at players like, who is this? 
You need to play defense because I did it on 2K when I won three championships. I don't want to pay for cheesecake. <laughs> Either one. I'm yelling at all of it. I'm just going to be yelling all over the place. Real quickly, I did want to mention this before we dive into some Frank Wright conversation. Didn't get to it in getting off of the bus. But we did get the news yesterday that legendary Bob Knight, Indiana basketball coach for so many years, died at the age of 83. One of the more successful, one of the most, I should say, one of the most successful college basketball coaches of all time. Became the youngest coach at a Division I school in 1965 when he broke in at army and then makes his way to indiana already with a rich tradition of basketball and then bob knight only builds off of that think about for those that don't know indiana basketball it reigns supreme specifically in high school i look i i've had i was born in indianapolis i go back two or three times a year i grew up at times in indiana i grew up most of my life here in Catawba County, close to Charlotte. High school basketball is a religion in Indiana. College basketball, not too far off of it. I do think the love for the triad probably is superior to the love of Indiana basketball, the Hoosiers, Purdue, just because there's so many schools that are in the ACC. The ACC is a, a a larger than life type of conference, especially when you're talking about the OG basketball days. But I think we can all understand it still matters a ton to those people in Bloomington, to people in Indianapolis, farm country. It doesn't matter where you come from in Indiana. You pull for Indiana or Purdue, and then even maybe some people in the city pull for Butler. Rich basketball tradition there. And the fact that Bob Knight is able to win off of the heels of legendary Branch McCracken, Great basketball name. <laughs> okay. Fantastic coach name. I wanted to play for Branch McCracken. In fact, my grandfather did. My grandfather in the 1940s played for Branch McCracken, fresh off the heels of his first championship one. So during times of the war, there was actually a break in some basketball in Bloomington. And my grandfather's time just happened to overlap that as well in the early 40s, of course. And then McCracken, I believe, would win another championship. So Bob Knight comes in and wins three championships after that. So to, to, to be the youngest coach, to go to Division One, coach at Army the way that he did, then have that responsibility, like that's what people don't understand. It's Yes, Bob Knight continued to build what was already a nice foundation, but think about all of the responsibility that he has. And he won. And man, did he win in his own way. <laughs> And a lot of people didn't like it. I'll be, I'll be honest. I hate it. Even in hindsight, not having grown up because he did a lot of his winning in the 80s, had some winning in the early 90s. His last Final Four appearance came in the early 90s and then eventually was outed and fired by Indiana in 2000. But even going back and looking at it, I mean, I, I can't stand the coaching tactics of one Bob Knight. But man, that guy won as much as anybody during his days as the head coach. And just to put it in perspective a little more so, he won a school record 661 games, reached the NCAA tournament 24 times in 29 seasons. Knight's first NCAA title came in 76 when, of course, Indiana went undefeated, a feat since then that no one has ever accomplished. So a mentor to plenty of basketball coaches. Coach K is the one that you immediately go to. And even if they had some hiccups in their relationship, Coach K released a statement about the mentorship that Bob Knight instilled upon him. I know you had mentioned this too, Fiddy. Roy Williams credits Bob Knight 
as being very influential. Dean Smith, number one to Roy Williams, but Bob Knight, second to Roy Williams. So certainly a giant figure in the sport of college basketball passed away yesterday at the age of 83. And there are, this is, I don't know about complex. I think we oftentimes hide behind complex Mm -hmm. when in reality, a lot of people would tell you Bob Knight wasn't a good guy and they would be true within their experiences with him. Bob Knight also had plenty of fantastic relationships where there were a lot of players that did love him, that did view him as a father figure. There are plenty of stories that are really endearing about him. In fact, my mom worked with, uh, my mom was really high up in working with Special Olympics in Indianapolis during the 80s. And she'll say, look, Bob Knight, great. Anytime he attended what was, I believe, the world capital for Special Olympics athletes coming all across whatever the country, the, the, the entire world, Bob Knight, being in Indiana, would be a huge figure in attendance and moms raves about how he was with those kids. And that's the kind of stuff that's, man, you know, you kind of question, why couldn't Bob Knight be like that in other areas? Because I, that's going to fall upon you, how you view Bob Knight. I can't tell you how to feel. You can feel however you want to. Not a great person in a lot of different areas. And we have plenty of reasons that we can document that. We have a laundry list of it. But also... People will come back at you with a list of some of the accomplishments and some of the endearing experiences that they had with him. And so this is one where I was really interested yesterday when we got the news, how people were going to talk about it. And I think we have heard a lot on both sides. Yeah. And the thing was, too, man, I I was never a fan of his. And I know when a lot of people pass away, the people always want to remember the good and. I'm just not one of those people. I'm going to call it how I see it. And I know for this guy, uh, he put hands on people off the court. He put hands on people on the court. I mean, choking players uh, and things of that nature, man. And I think as a coach, you just really cross the line. I don't care how much good you do with kids or different things like that, man. When you start putting your hands on players to get your point across for one, uh, yeah, he won a ton of games. There's no question about that. But, I mean, is that the way you feel like, you can express yourself to players by putting your hands on them, jerking them around and stuff like that, because these kids are on the cusp of becoming grown men. And then some of them are grown men. When you talk about juniors, seniors and things of that nature. And he was just always a guy that when I would watch some of the stuff that he would do stuff that he would get away with. I mean, I I just felt like there was no way I could have played for a guy like that. And him and I probably would have gotten into physical altercations. I mean, never would I have thought to put hands on a coach for any reason, but uh, if you put your hands on me, I'm going to put your hands on me back. And so I just never was a fan of his. Uh, I thought he was a bully, like a lot of people classified him as. And I'm not going to change that opinion just because he's now uh, passed away. I mean, it, it just was what it was. And I did not think of him uh, as a great person. Yeah, sure, he might have done some great things. But, you know, once you cross the line of putting your hands on multiple people in multiple different scenarios. I just can't get past that. Yeah. And look, there are a couple of people that are telling us to shut the bleep up. And there are a couple of people, you know, there's one number that's right. I just, I'm sorry, Walker, to cut you off, man, but it just amazes me to you Texas. I did a stuff that y'all feel like that y'all can get away with and say to people, I mean, it's, it's, it's (laughs) ridiculous. I mean, this seven on four number right here that has no name on it, no face, no nothing like that. Listen, you'd never say any of this to any of us. So don't text in with that 
with that mess. You know what I'm saying? Like, talking trash like that, dude. You a sucker, and I'm saying it on the radio. Don't text me with your little keyboard finger saying the little stuff that you never say to my face. You can't just text up here and just be talking to us any way you want to talk. And the thing about, go. well, no, you're good. The <laughs> thing about the Bob Knight conversation is I, nobody's ignoring. Like, I'm, I'm telling you exactly what his legacy is. I'm not ignoring all the accomplishments because what Bob Knight did was absolutely incredible on the basketball court. Some of it, not very becoming of him, depending on who you talk to. But yeah, what he did winning basketball games was absolutely incredible. My grandfather, you talk about worshiping somebody. Yeah, he's going to love. Yeah, and that's the complication about his legacy because I love to listen to Scott Farrell, and he went off on people that had stuff to say. Not about this incident. This happened while he was still alive. So you do have people that for some reason can just look past everything he ever did. I guess, you know, if he never put his hands on your kid, then you're good with what he did. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these people that defend him and, oh, it's Coach Knight and stuff. Well, let him put his hands on your son. Let him choke your son. And then let's see how you react to that. Yeah, I mean, look, and what's interesting, too, is like people are discussing that it was a different time back then. Man, that that's actually the thing about it. It was 2000 when what he did wasn't good enough for him, a three-time champion, to keep his job. Right? So, like... He was losing, too, and that's when Indiana decided to step in, losing at a higher rate than he was. But Bob Knight, just there were times even, too, as he would grow with older age, it just felt like there wasn't anything that you could lean back on and say, man, he's he's learned from some of this stuff. Where the comments that he had with Dan Patrick afterwards, where he wished the former members of the Indiana's administration dead, said he hopes that they're all dead. It, it's, it's tough, but there are plenty of glowing examples of Bob Knight's behavior, writing letters to people that got injured. My grandfather, I believe, has a signed letter by Bobby Knight. And so, look, you're talking to somebody that, uh, look, I, I'm not going to pound my chest on a lot of stuff. You know how I am. What I hate is when people hop on this mic and act like they know so much more than you. Because right. what we're what we're in right now, we are in a world where a lot of people have tons of access to information. I, 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 I'm here to talk about it because this is my job and I like to think I'm decent at it. But what happens is it doesn't mean that I know a ton more than you. I put my research in, I put my work in with this Bob Knight stuff. I think I know more than this about you yeah. or uh, more, more about this than you. Yeah. I, th this is, this is, this is real stuff with Bob Knight, but there are so many different experiences with this guy. That's what I want to look into. Whether you want to call it complex, whether you want to call it balancing the scales of good and bad that we've seen from him, they absolutely, without a doubt, one thing I'm not going to argue, college basketball did lose a giant yesterday. Yeah. A giant within the sport that did have a ton of influence, whether good or bad, but plenty of good and bad. Tons of influence from that guy that uh, that passed away yesterday at the age of 83. And so, yeah, getting a lot of text messages about our conversation on the passing of one Bob Knight. Now, somebody that's very different is Frank Reich. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we would say that Frank Reich is the same guy. Yeah, he's not going to be putting his hands on people. Yeah, not going to be doing <laughs> that. I don't think so. So we'll talk a little more about Frank Reich. And then, boy, if you didn't think that we brought the fire on that one, at least Wes, he's bringing more fire for you. Yeah, you cannot like us. Break. You cannot like what we say. You can express your displeasure in a respectful way. But don't talk to me crazy. I'm Bryce's daddy. I don't, I don't play that. Mm-hmm. He don't play that. He does play I'm fire. Saying. He does play fire fizzle, though. <laughs> That's after the Fitty Flash. The first one of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes 
City. Wow. I almost played Narco to bring in the Flash one final time. This baseball season is over. The yeah. Texas Rangers ended their 62-year championship drought, the longest drought by a franchise to ever start playing in the major four sports. Now the Minnesota Vikings have the, the longest drought without a championship. They win the World Series last night, Game 5, after Zach Gallon threw, had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning. Arizona did not have their bullpen ready. He gets smacked back-to-back hits. Soon it's one nothing. The Rangers go on to win 5 to nothing. And you heard we got a, a promo rejoin on the station for Corey Seager, a local kid winning a championship, where Bruce Bochy gets his fourth World Series championship. You can't put guys in the Hall of Fame, but if there's a guy that you could do it while they're still actively coaching, he's he's on the short list of dudes. At that sport, where it is so incredibly hard to win consistently. Now, yeah, they paid a lot, right? Like, so uh, a nice payroll will help you do it, but it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed the wor- to win the World Series. We've seen this with your Mets, Fiddy. Sorry. It, just because you have a big old payroll doesn't mean that you're going to win. But I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw shade. It just goes to show you... Go even, scratch yourself! Even with a monster payroll like Texas has on their books, Bruce Boshi still has to be an amazing manager to get this job done. And they were able to take care of Arizona in just five games. They definitely did. And that's my uh, quarterback from high school. That's his uncle. So, yeah, from back in the day. Yeah, wow. he, can we he, get him on the show? <laughs> I might ask him. All yeah, right, I will see if he can hook it up. But he did tell me that way back in the day. He's like, yeah, Bruce Boshi is my uncle. But, yeah, congrats to Texas. I did not know that was their first ever championship. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, I was like, man, I thought the Rangers, you know, they have a pretty good yep. pedigree with Nolan Ryan and all those guys back in the day. I just thought for sure that they would at least have one or two in their franchise's history. But uh, kudos to them. They got the job done. And, uh, yeah, man, Texas doing it big. All right, we like talking unis. We like talking jerseys. Wes is going to do just that with Fire or Fizzle coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. today it's all here and we brought it early fire fizzle this time we're talking about nfl alternate or throwback uniforms because friday is national jersey day and no we don't mean the sub place and no we don't mean the state we're talking about (laughs) uniforms here and wes is going to tell you what is fire and what is fizzle and he's going to start with the new york jets the team his favorite quarterback plays for or at least used to before he (laughs) tore his achilles wes you tell me 
The New York Jets alternate throwback unis. Are they fire or are they fizzle? The New York Jets unis, a lot of people, they call them a clean look, a classic look, okay? The throwback uniforms pay homage to the 1979 through 89 teams that wore white jerseys with two stripes, white pants with one stripe, and the iconic green Jets helmet. This era was known as the sack exchange in the team's history. But, Walker, you said it before we started. Who plays for that team? Who's a quarterback on that team right now that's laid up in the hospital? He's a bad man. Right. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Okay, so if he plays for that team, then you already know where this is going. It is straight. <laughs> Fizzle, get I'm out of here. In the uniform he wears. Let's get him out of here. Uh, I love hearing LaGreca every single time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Next one on the list. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The creamsicle jersey. Yes. Is it fire or is it fizzle? The original creamsicle jersey were worn from the franchise's first year, 1976, until 96, one year after the Glazer family purchased the team. Then they adopted their current color scheme of red, pewter, orange, and black, replacing Bucko Brute with a more menacing Captain Fear. The old uniforms were once synonymous with the Yuccaneers, a.k.a. losing football, okay? But the throwbacks have become increasingly popular in merchandise over the last 15 years with fans clamoring for their return. There's a lot of things that go out and come back. Bell bottoms, baggy clothes. You see it all the time in fashion. There are things that go out that people didn't like back in the day or phased out and then they come back again in a big way. So when you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bucko Bruce and the gang, they are straight Fire! One of my favorite alternates. Straight heat. This one might be my favorite. There are a couple, but this one's up there in that running. The Seattle Seahawks. The throwback unis. We got to see them just last week, I believe. Fire fizzle, Wes. You tell me. You talk about the 90s in Seattle, the grunge, Nirvana, all these different things that people love about the 90s. The green and blue bounce along the smooth nylon finish of the Seahawks' jerseys and pants. Color scheme that pays homage to Walker. You will appreciate this. To the stylish or salish sea and lively forest Fire of the already. Pacific Northwest. Nature, baby. And they even have stitching in a commemorative patch paying tribute to the old Coliseum when they used to play on that hard-ass AstroTurf. No telling how many injuries went on that. But from punk rock to platinum headwear, much of what the Emerald City has become was shaped by the 90s, and they brought it back in these uniforms. But, Walker, who is my favorite NFL team in the whole world? San Francisco. All right, so then I think you know where this is going. The Seattle Seahawks is straight. Fizzle, even though I did have a Corn Robinson jersey. I did have a Corn Robinson jersey back in the day that was like this. Damn. And uh, But, yeah, Seattle, man, you already know. No love for the ops. Corn Robinson. Yeah. What a great jersey. <laughs> I had the Corn Robinson jersey just like this one. Is, he, is, is it universal that everyone thinks Steve Largent when you see that jersey? Yes, no doubt. I think he's, he's on, the guy. And on some of the pictures, they had, they had Chris Warren. He was nice. Uh, Joey Galloway. Things like that of guys that wore this uniform. That's true. Yes. Let's move on. Kelly Green. No, I'm not talking about the singer. Right? Kelly Green? Mm-hmm. Is that the singer? Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. No. But, yeah. I'm sorry to everybody involved. Kelly Price. I apologize. Oh, way yeah, yeah, wrong, yeah. Way yeah, yeah. wrong. I apologize. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. Anyways. Philadelphia. 
fire fizzle, Wes. You tell me, Kelly Greenjers. Well, for the video that they put out for this, Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff, that is, said in the voiceover that these uniforms were popping when Princess took over Bel Air and Motown had an East Coast swing. They are throwback to the 1980s and early 90s, the years that featured Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, and Jerome Brown. When they wore these uniforms this season, it was the first time they had worn them for quite some time, okay? Kelly Green era is what they call it. Buddy Ryan, synonymous with this. Reggie White, as already said. But when you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and these Kelly Green jerseys, they are straight fizzle because I'm a 49er fan and I hate them a lot and I want my revenge. Fitty, I'm starting to get the notion that this might be the most biased list (laughs) that Wes has ever put together for Fire or Fizzle. Are you getting that same feeling? I was really hyped for this edition of Fire or Fizzle, but this whole edition has been straight fizzle because it's just been a whole thing of haterade coming out of Wes Bryant's mouth. (laughs) Haterade? (laughs) Throwing it up, I see it. All right, Wes, let's finish up this biased list with Tennessee and Houston. And I actually think I know we're going to be going with the Houston Oilers throwback that they wore because I know you want them to claim a certain style of blue that another team actually claims. (laughs) Well, listen, the Oilers franchise left Houston for Tennessee in 1996. And then the Oilers played two seasons there, one in Memphis and one in Nashville, where they played in Vanderbilt Stadium before moving to Adelphia Coliseum and transforming into the Tennessee Titans. The uniform pays homage to the Love Ya Blue era. They are iconic. Columbia Blue, they call it. Red trim around white numbers. The white helmet features an oil derrick. And these throwback jerseys feature a Love Ya Blue on the neckline. They're synonymous with the run-and-shoot era of Warren Moon. The Oilers reached the AFC playoffs seven straight seasons from 87 to 93 with one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL. And a lot of people, when they see these uniforms, they think about Warren Moon, Haywood Jeffries, Earl Campbell. How can we forget the legend there? Billy White Shoes, Chicken Dance That's right, Billy White Shoes Johnson. So the Houston Oilers, the Love Your Blue era, straight! Fire! Absolute fire! And you should have known because I have the sweatshirt as well. You call them the Houston Oiler Blue Jordans that are usually referred That's to right. as University Blue yeah, Jordans. Man. Houston How dare Blue. you? And I told the Carolina players that, you know, to their faces. I said, I don't call it Carolina Blue. I call it Houston Oiler Blue. You didn't get the text fingers out and tell Armando? Did <laughs> I you did text not. Armando? I told him. They got, a, they got a kick out of that. He would have blocked you if yeah, you would have said. probably would have. Shut the bleep up. It's uh, Houston Oilers Blue. (laughs) All right, that'll do it. That's it for Fire Cut the music off! (laughs) I let you think I wasn't going to do it. I I did, honestly. I was going to tell you to, but uh, you did it. You remembered. It's the Campus Corner Mm. coming up next. Then we'll talk a little more Carolina Panthers, all on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.